Hallelujah. Amen. This is the highest praise. Amen. We release this high praise unto God and we allow God to do what he wants to do with our lives. Amen. Let's do it again like we really mean it. Like we want to get God's attention. Who wants to get God's attention today? Who wants God to see you right there and pay attention to you and give you something that's going to help you? Amen. Let's do it again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. That is the highest praise. Amen. Um, I started a series last week entitled Kings and Priests, Kings and Priests. Now, I did urge or I would say encourage all to, if they missed it, to go online and listen to it, or at least, and those that were here, I I challenge you to get a CD, hear it again, because this is truth that's coming forth that you have to receive. You got to receive revelation of it so you can grow according to the plan of God. Amen. And so we're going to continue. I'm going to preach Kings and Priests part two this morning. So let's pray and and let's ask God for his help this morning. Amen. Thank you, Father God, in the name of Jesus, for blessing us to be here. We thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to sit at your feet and to receive fresh rhema from heaven. I bind the work of the devil right now in the name of Jesus, that there be no distractions, but that your word would go forth and accomplish that which you've sent it to. We thank you, Lord. And we surrender to the power of the Holy Ghost now in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Meters, everything's looking good back there. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. Kings and priests. Part two. Kings and priests. Part two. Now, once again, this is a powerful revelation. This is not something new, but a lot of people haven't heard this and they're not operating under this revelation. So they're not implementing this type of uh, revelation in their lives. And so God wants us to get a hold of it because it is that revelation, a powerful revelation that will transform the church and equip us to do what God has called us to do. We learned last week that it's not about us. Amen. Amen. Come on, somebody. We learned last week. We spent a lot of time on that, that it's not about us. Our lives are not about us. We're saved. And now We're still in the earth. Well, we're still in the earth because we have something to do. We know that's that great commission. Amen. Um, You don't have to turn there, but Mark 16, 15, we're to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Amen. Every creature, the Amplified says the whole human race. So that's a big challenge that we have. We have to get the gospel out there. And it's important to do what God has called us to do, but it's also important to pay attention to the models and the things that he's put in place to help us go forth and accomplish what he wants us to do in the earth. And we started to talk about kings and priests, which is um, the two major anointings that God has released in the church to empower us to fulfill this great commission. Amen. These he's released these anointings to empower us to be able to work together to complete his work here in the earth. Now go with me to Revelations. Go Revelations chapter 1. We started there. That was a a major scripture we looked at last week. Now let's go there again. Revelations chapter 1. I want you to see the power of this. And looking at verse 5. Revelations chapter 1 verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. God has done this for you. Amen? 
God has done this for you. He has picked you up, cleaned you up, and now he's positioned you to do something great in the earth. Amen? That, listen, that, that's like you know, finding somebody out there struggling in life, and then you take them and you, and you clean them up, but then now you've got to give them a new plan. Because if you don't give them a new plan, what are they going to do? Go back to being dirty. Amen? Listen, you can clean somebody up, and they'll stay clean, clean for a week. But if you don't give them new purpose, new direction, then they'll go back to the same dirt that you pulled them out of. Amen. That's why a lot of Christians are struggling in this area. They come to the altar, but they don't get the purpose. They don't lock into the plan and purpose of God. So they get cleaned up and they stay clean for about a week. And then there some some of them don't even make it a week. Come on, some be, be, be clean for a couple days. And then they go right back to the same dirt that God already delivered them from. Amen. Why? Because they have not received new purpose. You got to clean, get cleaned up and now you got to receive this new purpose and get busy about your father's business. And so verse six, and he has made us kings. Somebody say kings, kings. and priests. Come on, say and priests. and priests. OK, so he has made us kings and priests unto God and his father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. We covered a lot of this just to quickly paraphrase. I have a a lot of things to share this morning. But we understand this. Now, this is referring to the corporate anointing. This is referring to the model that God put out for the church so that the church can grow and blossom. He has the priest, which is going to be the man of God or the woman of God, whoever is called to be in charge. And that priest is responsible for getting the vision from God. Amen. Getting the vision from God. Where are we going? What, where's our direction? We have to get that from God. And then now the kings, that's the other side of that anointing. That is those who are um, the members of the body of Christ and, and not called to full-time ministry or anything like that. But God will anoint that king to go out and get the provision. Amen. Come on, somebody. God will give the vision to the priest. Where are we going? Hold on. Let me go get with God. Then I'll come back and tell you. Amen. The king can't come and tell the priest. Hey, priest, let me tell you where we're going. I'm going to show you in the word. It's never worked like that. It has never. The, the devil has gotten in and deceived folks. And they start thinking that, you know what? We're going to get. Well, you know, I, I give a lot of money. So let me tell the pastor what to do. Let me know your money ain't that important. Amen. Amen. Listen. Your money ain't that important because if the priest is not hearing from God. How I many know you, your money, and the priest will end up in a ditch somewhere? Right. Amen. Life falling apart, about ready to die. We need help. We need instruction from God. That's why God put these models in place. We are clear on this. I, I touched on it last week. You cannot just decide that you want to be a priest. Amen. You cannot say, well, you know, I like the word. This is all fun. I feel like I can preach a word from time to time. You have to be called to be the priest. God has to say, you're my man. You're my woman. I picked you to go ahead and do this. And the answer for you is yes or no. Amen. But it's not. There is no applying. Let me, let me help you with this. Uh, you, you'd be surprised how deceived the world is. There ain't no application for this priest thing. Amen. Well, you know, I'm, a, I'm looking in the paper for a job. Let me fill out. Man. I'll be the priest. No, this is a calling. 
God chooses who he wants to do this. Amen. And this is very important because we don't understand these two anointings and how they work. There will be division in the church and a house divided will do what? Fall. It will not accomplish anything. There will be confusion and and people will be bickering and arguing over things that don't even don't even make sense. And the body of Christ will not move forward. It won't advance the way God wants. Amen. Now, I want to make bring some clarity to these two anointings. One, we're talking about the corporate structure of the church. There's a corporate anointing and then there is a private anointing. I'll break those down really briefly before we get on with this message. Corporate, once again, it is the church house. Amen. This is the corporate structure. And so you have a priest. Amen. How many know we got a priest over here? Come on, somebody. I'm the priest. Amen. I'm the one that's been called to be the priest of this house. Now, we only got two when it talks about the corporate structure. I'm not talking about serving in different gifts. I'm talking about these two anointings. I'm the king, and then what do we have? I mean, excuse me, I'm the priest, and then what do we have? The kings. So if I'm the priest, then what does that make you? Somebody say, I'm a king. Say, I don't know if you believe it. Somebody say, I'm a king. Okay. This is the corporate structure of the church. So now, there's no confusion. There's no, no you know, be thankful for the anointing you get to walk in. That's what God tells me. Be thankful for the anointing you get to walk in. Amen. I told you all last week that if I had my choice, I would have picked the king. I would have picked that because I, I, I wouldn't you know, want the responsibility of having to hear from God all the time and all these things. I, I would just want to be a good Christian, go out and, and make money, bring in my tithes and, and live my life. But you have to fall into that anointing that God has called you into. And so you can't resist it or else you, you're not going to be happy in your life. And so I know that's a calling he's placed on me. And so I accept that with joy and, and, you know, great happiness to do this. Now, the clarity, the other point of clarity I want to make, this is not gender specific so that we can clear this up. A lot of churches get this wrong. This is not gender specific. So there can be uh, women pastors. I mean, that, I have nothing against that. As whoever God is called to be in charge of that ministry, as long as they are called to it. Amen. Now, now I, I do believe because of the marriage structure, if you're married and the husband is the head of the wife and things like that, it would just be out of order for my wife to be the priest of the house, the big house. And then I'm going to go be the priest at home. Amen. Come on, church. Amen. That ain't going to make sense. Now, some people, I believe it now, if God and called a woman to be the pastor of a church. He doesn't do it a whole lot, but if he does it to be the her, calls her to be the head shepherd of the church, the under shepherd under Jesus, then, you know, chances are she probably don't have a husband. Amen. Because that that model ain't going to work. See, I, I could preach right here, man. That that model, because God didn't set that up to work like that at the house. She can't come home talking about, well, you know, I'm the priest. The husband say not here. You might be, they didn't call you the priest over there at the church, but you ain't the priest over here in the house. This my, I'm the priest over here. Amen. I'm, I, I'm just breaking it down to you. Make it, I'm trying to make it real plain. I just don't, the reason I have to bring in this clarity is I don't want you thinking, oh, that women can never be uh, priests. Because if you think that, then guess what you're going to also think? Women can't be kings. Oh, come on. You're going to think women can't be kings. Now, this is not gender specific. Amen. So 
Let's for a brief moment just talk about the private anointing. We have all, well, even before that, this is not gender specific because of John 1, 12. Now go ahead and turn there real quick. John chapter 1. Just, I want you to see this right quick. John chapter 1. In verse 12, the Bible says, But as many as receive him, speaking of Jesus, to them gave he power to become sons. Amen? It says to as many, so that means whoever receives him, he gives them power to become sons, even to them that believe on his name. Anybody that will receive him. And the Amplified says, but to as many as did receive and welcome him, he gave the authority. Somebody say authority. authority. Now this is a delegated authority given from Jesus into anyone who would believe. Now this is sonship. Sonship has nothing to do with gender. It has everything to do with position. It has everything to do with where you stand. So in the same sense, this kings and priests anointing has everything to do with position and not so much gender. Amen. Does that make good sense? That makes this. Can I get amen? We understand this. So it could be male and female. Now, I want to emphasize the private side to this anointing, this kings and priests. This is important. A lot of people's houses are out of order. You got to get your house in order. Now, this is a model. The church house has to be in order, but this is going to help you in your own house. Get your own house in order. Amen. Uh, You know, it is important that we understand the way God has laid this out. When we start talking about this private anointing, this is the family structure. And in this family structure, there's going to be kings and priests in the family. Now, let me just break it down. If you're married, this is not a seminar or anything on marriage. It's not a series on marriage. But if you're married, you need to read Ephesians chapter 5. Amen. Go ahead and start around uh, verse, let's say around verse 20, and read it all the way through. And it's very clear. The husband is the head of the wife. So the husband is the priest who is responsible to get the what from God? The vision. Got to get the vision for the direction of the family. Where are we going? Where are we going spiritually? Now, a lot of families are out of order. The man of God ain't got, he's, he's supposed to be the man of God because he's a husband, but he don't got time for God. He don't got time to read his Bible. And the wife is the one going to church and, and praying for, it, for this knucklehead. Come on, somebody. Trying to get him right. Lord, will you help this brother? And he out of position. God saying, I need you to be right so that you can cover your family. That's the private side of this kings and priestly anointing. Now, if you're not married and you're single, then guess what? The grown-up who's in charge of that house, amen? Okay, what does that mean? Who's ever paying that rent? Who's ever paying that mortgage? Who's in charge? Oh, man, I could preach on this. You could be, listen, you could live there. But if you ain't paying nothing, <laughs> come on, somebody. You can live there, but you ain't paying nothing. Uh, just because you're older, you ain't in charge up in here. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to tell you this thing ain't going to work. You're having folks live, well, you know, I'm, I'm just making a decision. You ain't paying nothing. So you don't have no decisions to be made, amen, in here. 
If you're single, the person that's in charge of the house, the one that's paying, that is the priest. They're responsible for the order of the house. Amen? They're responsible for the order of the house. They're responsible to get the, what from God? Vision. Come on now, y'all, listen. I'm telling you, this is an an advanced series. Y'all got to go with me. Amen? I ain't going to be able to go slow on this one. Amen? Come on. They had to get the vision from God. But now, in a private anointing, these two anointings, kings and priests, will be combined. And the corporate is separate. And I'll show you in the word. But in the, in the house, in the family structure, these two are combined. So what does that mean? You can be, let's say you're a single uh, person and you're running your house. Well, guess what? You're going to have to be the priest and you're going to have to be the king. So you got to get the vision from God. Then you got to go on out there and get the provision. Amen. So you're going to have both of these combined. Now, let's say you're married. It's still combined because it's a private anointing. So nobody goes out of this church today saying, uh, well, you know, I'm the priest. And so you guys, you need to go to work. I'm going to stand up in here and chilling. And I'm going to go ahead and get a hold of me some anointing. You know, I got to get revelation from God. You going out there and get the spoils. No, wrong. They're combined. They're only separate in the corporate anointing, the church house. So we're talking private. Well, guess what? King and priest combined. So what does that mean? Now, from the order of God, the man should be the priest because that's the way God, all the way back to Genesis, that's the way it's set up. But if for some reason that's not there and you're single, well, you got to be the king and you got to be the priest. Now, if you're married, the the wife is supposed to come into agreement with the husband. So the, the man will be the priest of the home. But then now the wife's got to support the husband. And I believe that there's a spiritual connection and they should communicate. They should talk about direction for the family and they should be on one accord because the two have become one. So this works now in in modern day families to, you know, in today's times, you may have both parents going out working. And that's okay. Well, they're operating in that kingly anointing because they're both going out to win the spoils in the battlefield, which, as I taught you last week, is the marketplace. And so they're going out and bringing in that provision for their family. Amen. Nobody's confused on this. See, you know, I I don't like having no confusion. I don't like to proceed on until I know everybody got it. Amen. See, that way we can't, you know, because the devil is the author of confusion and he'll get to messing up some stuff and people, they'll hear what they want to hear and they'll start doing all this craziness that I didn't teach them to do. Amen. Or start saying stuff that I didn't teach them to say. So really quick, as I sum that part up so we can move on. Private anointing. It is that means your family structure. Kings and priests is going to be combined. You can do both. If you're married. And you're a man, you got to step up, be the priest. Don't be waiting on your wife to go pray and you don't have time to read your Bible. Don't be, you know, just you want to watch TV and play games all day or something. Don't be doing that. You need to be the priest. You got to give direction. You got to get the vision from God. We got too many men out of position. Amen. I'm telling you, right. I, I see it happening. You know, all you got to do is look at the numbers 
when it comes to churches across the world. How come you got more women in church than men? That ought not be. Amen? How come, you know, I meet a lot of folks, man, and the wife's and prayed the husband on in. I've been praying for him for years. He finally, God didn't finally touched him. That is not what is supposed to be happening. The man's supposed to be in position. And he's supposed to be able to cover his family. Amen? Now, in a married family, then now you're going to have, when it comes to the provision, because of the times we live in, a lot of, a lot of times both, both husband and wife are working, and that's okay. You're both operating under that kingly anointing. No problems there. Once again, single people, you've got to do it all. God's going to help you, but you've got to be the priest. If you're a single woman, you've got to be that priest until God brings you your husband. Amen? Amen? You're a single man, you're going to be the priest anyway, and then you, you just still keep being the priest, even when God brings you your wife. And understand these, these anointings. For the purpose of this series, we're going to spend the bulk of our time talking about this corporate anointing. Amen? The corporate anointing. So that we can bring in order and then also maintain order in the church house. Amen? Because if we don't do this, then we can't get to where God wants us to go. We, we, we can't accomplish these things that God wants us to accomplish in the earth. And you don't have to turn there, but 1 Corinthians 14, 40, let all things be done decently and in order. All things, all things must be done decently and in order. And so when we're talking about the corporate anointing, the corporate structure of the church, now these, this anointing is separate. You have, and I'll show you, it's a reason for that. It's a reason for that because there are things that God has to do with both sides. Now, when it comes to the priest, God needs that priest's attention. He needs that ear from the priest. And the kings are actually dependent upon the priest to get it right. Come on. Amen. Amen. We need, let's, can we, y'all, y'all hot? Amen. You guys hot? It's just me. It seems like we got the heat on up in here. It, come on, can I get an amen? Just somebody work with me. Amen. You hot. Amen. I hear something blowing, but it ain't the air. It ain't the AC. Praise the Lord. Now, when we're talking about the church and, and the structure, God, he needs that priest to get the vision. He needs that priest to be able to focus and say, Lord, where are we going? What are we going to do? Okay, Lord, give me the instructions. And God will lay out the instructions for you. And now guess what? The priests will be able to give this information to the kings, and the kings will be in a position to thrive and prosper. Amen? And as a result of this, the whole body of Christ is advanced. The whole body of Christ is advanced. And everybody is going to benefit and flourish. So we have to establish and then maintain. What does that mean? Set it up. Get the order right and then maintain it. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So if you don't know what you're supposed to do, you won't do it. If you don't know how you're supposed to think or how you're supposed to act, listen, there's a mindset that you're supposed to have. As a king, there's a mindset you're supposed to have about your priest. 
You got to have this. You got to get this revelation. You got to understand the importance of your role in this corporate church. Amen. Of your role. God puts us in a body of Christ where we can be ministered to so we can be uh, the king. I mean, the priest can speak life into you and help you. That's why you should be coming to church, a place where you can be taught. You can't come. To, listen, what if you just showed up at church all the time saying and the pastor's preaching and you're like. That ain't nothing. Man, I already I already know that. Oh, please. Man, that's brother. I'm, a, I'm more anointed than him. Come on. who? Yeah. he. OK, I know he told us to do that, but we ain't got to do all that. Amen. Because you're grown, right? Come on, somebody. You know, you got a lot of grown folks in church. You know, grown, just you know, going to do. No, no, I ain't got to listen to him. Then that ain't your priest. Amen. You're gonna have to get you a priest because you you're not gonna make it on your own. That you can't change God's order. This is the way He said it. So He expects me to get the vision. Now this instruction is gonna come from the pulpit and minister into your lives. And now you're gonna be able to go out and win and be victorious in all areas of your life. But you're gonna have to submit. To the order of God. And so we've already established over here, word of life, Temecula, I'm the priest. You all are the kings. So I seek God for the vision. God will give the vision to me. I'll relay it into you all. And then you all will bring in the provision. And the body of Christ will be advanced. Now, let me break down some things that people are scared of. Amen. A lot, of, a lot of pastors are even scared of this. I'm going to break down this church financial structure. Amen? I asked you if you wanted to learn today. Amen. Some of you say yeah, and some of you are still missing that hour you lost. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Some of you are still missing that hour. Listen, you, you, you better get this revelation. Amen? So if I break down this, this financial structure, see, the America and Maybe the world in general, they've messed up in this area. They've messed up in this area because they haven't understood the power and the significance of this, the importance of the priest. And, you know, as a result, a lot of times people think the pastor is supposed to be broke. Come on, somebody. Supposed to be barely hanging on. Well, my pastor's show is holy. Look at them holes in his shoes. <laughs> Look at them holes in his clothes, amen. Look at that raggedy car he's driving around here. Man, I, he's a good man of God. I like him. Come on, man. I'm trying to tell you the deception that the enemy has put out there for people to be deceived. And, I, and it is nowhere in the scriptures. It is not biblically based. Well, the pastors, you know, they all, they, they, they all after your money. They after your money? Why would somebody have to be after your money when they got God on their side? Amen. Amen. So it was never set up like this. And now a lot of kings have been deceived and they misunderstand this. And so they think, you know, the pastor is supposed to be. Listen, he's supposed to be doing working, doing everything that we do. He ain't special. Come on. He ain't all that. He's just a regular person just like us. Amen? Amen? He might be a regular person, but he got a different anointing. Amen. And if he don't step into his anointing, you ain't going to benefit. Right. 
Come on, you're not going to prosper. You're not going to be able to flourish. You're not going to accomplish the things that God wants to accomplish with your life because your mind has to be renewed. Now let's break it down. Go to Numbers. Numbers chapter 18. Now, I'm not a priest, so I can have a job. Amen? I, listen, I, I got some credentials. I can go get me a job. Amen? And I have a good work ethic. Come on, somebody. And I'm not afraid to, to work and, and, and to hustle and work hard at whatever it is I'm doing. I've done that. So it's not like I, I and once again, I didn't pick, and nobody would pick a priest for that reason anyway. But... I didn't pick this for, okay, well, I ain't got no job, so I might as well preach. Come on. I might as well. I, you know, I always thought I was anointed. Some people get more anointed when they get laid off. Amen? Come on, they didn't got laid off, and now they, wanna, they, they got a word for somebody. That didn't happen to me, amen? God called me when I was in, I was making more money than I ever made in my life. Amen? He didn't call me when I was on unemployment. Come on, somebody. So I, I know it, it wasn't to do with finances. Amen. But I have to break down this structure so that we know and that we all operate in this calling the way God has called us to, to do it. Depending on, um, you know, our ability to listen to God. Now, Numbers chapter eight. Excuse me, 18 and verse eight. The word of God here says, and the Lord spoke unto Aaron. Behold, I also have I given thee the charge of my heave offerings of all the hollow things of the children of Israel. Unto thee have I given them by reason of the anointing. Somebody say the anointing. And to thy sons by an ordinance forever. Now this is something God set in place and is to remain forever. So don't let somebody tell you, oh, that's just Old Testament. That don't apply to today because it says forever. Now Aaron from Aaron comes the Levitical priesthood. Amen. From Aaron comes the Levitical priesthood. And so God put the priest in charge. He says, in charge of my offerings. The priest is in charge. God put him there by reason of the anointing. Amen. And then now let's skip up to verse 21. Skip up to verse 21. And the word of God says, and behold, now, this, this is going to jack up somebody's religion. Amen? But, but if we just get the truth and let the truth be the truth, we'll be all right. And, and let's not be worried about the truth. Let's let the truth bring transformation into us. How I many know you can't change the truth? Amen. But the truth can change you. Amen? Okay, so verse 21, Behold, I have given the children of Levi, that's the Levitical priesthood, all the tenth, see, I know it's going it's to mess you up, but, you know, now I, I'll be honest. I didn't want, I used to be, I ain't teaching that. Come on, I'm telling you the truth. Because I don't want people thinking, you know, oh, he's just trying to get people's money. I never want anybody to think that about me. Well, God knows my heart anyway, so I have to obey God. I can't be worried about your hang-ups. Amen. I can't be I can't be worried about. Listen, I ain't gonna get in trouble with God because you got a backwards mindset. 
I got to tell you the truth because God has said, did you tell them the truth? Now, if I say, well, no, I didn't tell them because I was thinking that they couldn't receive that. Now, who's in trouble? Me. But if I say I told them the truth, did you tell them the truth? Yes, Lord. Now, if they don't, what they do with the truth, that's on you guys. I'm, now, I'm, I'm clear with God. Amen. So I have to teach this. And behold, I have given the children of Levi all the tenth in Israel for an inheritance. Look at this. For an inheritance for what? Their ser- oh, come on, somebody. For their service, which they serve, even the service of the tabernacle of the congregation. Ah, so what does this mean? God set this in place so that now the priests would never have to think about finances. Come on, I'm trying to help you. The priests would never have to go out and figure out how to make it happen. Come on. You know how many bivocational pastors that we have in the world? And what they're doing is they're, and this was me, they're, they're looking at this thing and they're saying, I am a no, now they're not saying that first. What do you do for a living? Oh, I am a contractor. I am a insurance agent. I am a doctor. I am a... What else you do? I pastor a church. Come on. Y'all, see? Somebody going to follow me, amen? They, they might be on the internet. It might, it's some, it might be that the, the folks that still come in here are still on their way. We're going to get this in order. I've done this for so many years, and I look down upon it myself because I didn't recognize the value of a priest. I can get the word and teach you the truth, but I've got to understand the value and the order, and I've got to walk in this thing, and I cannot apologize for it because it's something that comes from God. He says here that he gives the tithe, the tent, all the tent in Israel for an inheritance. For the, the, the priests get this as an inheritance for their service, which they serve, even the servants of the tabernacle. So the work that they do. So what God is saying, I put this structure. Now, what's going to happen is you're going to speak into the lives of the kings and the kings are going to go out and get the spoils. And all they got to do is bring back a tent to the house of God and their tent will be sufficient. And it's an inheritance for you. What? Yes, I, I'm telling you the truth. Now, I'm going I'm to break it down as laws and stuff like that, what we have to abide by. But just think about this. And here's what the devil will say. Well, the pastor going to be rich. He, he getting everybody's tithe. He's going to be rich. He's going to have more money than me. Now, think about this. If you through the preaching and through the revelation that comes from God, you become empowered to get the spoils and you become a millionaire. And God says, all I need you to do is bring the tent. You still got $900,000 that you did not have. $900,000 you still have to do with as you please. And you wouldn't have got it If you didn't have a priest telling you which way to go, telling you what steps to walk in. See, what people do, they want to try to figure it out all themselves and they don't obey the order of God. Now, 
if you catch revelation of this and you say, well, this is an inheritance. So that we supposed to be tithing. This is an inheritance for the priests. Now, in modern day times, we got these different things. We got to pay rent. We got to do all this other stuff. Then they got tax laws and all this kind of stuff. And so the pastor just can't take the whole thing, you know, and just say, I'm just going to take it all. You know, basically, you guys, hey, we're going to listen. We don't need to do it in here. You can just give it to me in the parking lot. Amen. You can't do that. You got to have things in order. But here's the intent. This is why it's there. This is why you ought to be praying for your time to increase. It is to come. It is to come to take care of the house of God, but also the man of God. So that the man of God, listen, you want your man of God out there hustling in the streets or you want him praying? Because I'm telling you what's ha- what happens. If he's hustling in the streets, he's going to preach the streets to you. Right. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to help you. If he ain't got time to go pray, he ain't got time to release revelation into your life. Yeah. He ain't going to be able to give you that. He might be able to share some scriptures. Come on. Yeah. Right. This is, I, listen, I had to catch this revelation. I had to catch it. I said, well, you know what, Lord? I got to get this. I got to be able to walk in this thing. So that now we can do what, listen, there's many of you, you're going to be raised up to financial levels you've never even thought of yet. You're going to be walking in financial increase you've never even thought of yet if you catch this revelation. Amen? So don't look down upon it. See, people in the, in the, in the world, they got their structures all wrong. They start thinking, even kids coming up, very few of them say they want to be a pastor. Amen? Most of them say, well, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a this or that. Why do they want to be it? Because of the finances attached to it. Amen? Amen. They want to be whatever it is that they decide they want to be because of the, typically there's a monetary thing attached to it. How wealthy do you think the priests were? Think about it. In the Bible, in the, in the Bible times, the... the, the the ratio was a small amount of priests to a large number of kings. I'm going to show you in this word. But think about it. If the priest has 10 kings and all those kings are millionaires, how's the priest doing? <laughs> Come on, somebody. How's, how's the priest doing? Uh, he, well, he don't need all that. Well, he helped you get all that. He helped you get everything you got. How come you don't think he should be having something? Now, this is the order that God set. He set this in place. God put this in place, not man. No man put this in place. Now, to further mess up your religion, go to verse 26. Oh, this is powerful. Verse 26, he says, Thus speak unto the Levites, meaning the priests, and say unto them, when you take of the children of Israel the tithes, which I have given you from them for what? Does your Bible say anything different? So we don't, we have no problem arguing this thing, right? We're not going to argue it. It is what it is. God says, you take of that tenth, which I have given you for an inheritance. And then he says, then you shall offer up a heave offering of it for the Lord, even a tenth part of the tithe. 
This is going to just, I'm telling you, but if we get this right, we will be flowing in, in such financial prosperity. I'm telling you, kings will be doing well. And priests will be praying. They will be doing what they're supposed to do. They will be working for God and not working for this world. They will be working for God and not the sexual, secular structure. And the kings won't be looking. Listen, kings will be talking about, no, we got to, hey, come on. The kings will be talking to other kings. You got to get your king on. Come on, you're going to have to start kinging a little more over here because we got things to do. Uh, they won't be looking at, well, you know, uh, pastor got to take care of himself. We ain't got time for all that. Now, you know, I know people think this because they don't tithe. Amen. Come on. They don't tithe, so they don't see this connection, so they don't even bring their tithes to the storehouse. And they're expecting that they're going to get rich one day. I already showed you, you're cursed with a curse. I mean, I can't have you get beyond that. Amen. Now, if we look at this and we see what God has put in place, this is for the benefit of the body of Christ as a whole. Now, take a tithe of the tithe. Now, in these biblical times, what would happen is everything that came in, now the priest would take a tenth of that and go offer it to God. So just imagine this. Now, we, we can't do church like that in these days. I mean, we got a tax system and we got all this stuff. They don't allow this, but I want you to see where it comes from. All the tithes, everything, a tenth of everything that every person got will be brought to the priest. The priest will take a tithe of that. Come on. Just I'm trying to tell you where this came from. The priest will take a tithe of that. And we got a multitude of kings all bringing their tithes in to the priest. The priest would now say, I'm going to take a tenth of this. And do what? Offer it unto the Lord. So what was happening is the church, the tabernacle, everything can function off of the tenth of the tenth. I'm trying to tell you God's financial structure. The whole church could function off of the tithe of the tithe. He listen, he said, you take the tithe as an inheritance for your work. This is how highly regarded the work of God is. This is what God sees, how he values this. He says, you take a tenth of the tenth that comes in. Listen, or you take the tenth as an inheritance, what? For your service. And you got people now, they they have problems with a pastor getting a salary or anything. Amen? This confused. And he said, you take the tithe for your inheritance, for the work that you do for me. Why would God do this? So people would not be selling out and running from their calling because I got to get my hustle on. I Listen, I ain't got time for all that church stuff. I got to make me some money. Amen? It's supposed to be set up to where the priest doesn't even have to think about that. The priest is not even supposed to have to think about that. It's supposed, this is what God put in place. 
But the body of believers have to come into agreement and be obedient and do what God has called you to do. Because when you don't bring in your tithes, it stops this flow. We don't do what God has called you to do. It stops this flow. And, and the body of Christ as a whole cannot advance the way God wants them to. And so as a result, you have unnecessary delays in the body of Christ. Unne- excuse me, unnecessary delays in the body of Christ. Amen. We can't have that. We have to progress and we have to move forward with expectation, knowing that God is in control and that God's order is still established. As we saw this, he said, this is going to be forever. So we know that this is a, a order that is established. It is in place so that now we can step into this level of victory that God has called us to step into. He says, you take a tithe of the tithe. So just think about that for a second. In these times, the priests were doing all right. Amen. Because if you had some kings out there bringing in a tithe and now the priest took a tithe of the tithe, that means the rest of it, man, they, they can just have a good life and not be worrying about all this other stuff and do what they're supposed to do. Listen to the Lord. Now, there was a value put upon this. In these times, the kings actually looked up to the priests. There was a greater value put on this priesthood. In today's times, the devil has tried to change this where people, kings, actually look down on the priest. And so what do they do? They will have a charity mindset. <sighs> they will have a charity mindset. I'll make a little charitable contribution to the priest. Instead of, I'm going to plant seed into the life of the priest. Because I know that my prosperity is connected to him. Amen? And so we have to change this. It's a paradigm shift. You have to see this in a different way. You should expect the priest to prosper. You should expect the priest to be doing well. If he's not doing well, how is he going to minister to you to help you do well? That just doesn't even make sense. Amen. Uh, The priest is going to minister and speak into my life, but, you know, he's broke. But he's going to help me get millions. If that's the case, then why don't he help himself? Well, what he would do is end up turning into a king. Amen. And so I had to. God had to put me in a chokehold on this thing. I'm telling you the truth. Because I I would just say, no, man, I can go out there and take care of it myself. But once we get this order right, we can all flourish. Because if I just do it for me, you won't be blessed. If I just say, forget it, I'm going to go back to doing what I know is is right financially, you won't be blessed. You're not going to progress. So I have to understand, okay, the anointing comes first. Now, God's going to release this, but get it clear in your mind. You're not supposed to be worried about no finances, so don't apologize for being blessed. Don't apologize for being blessed. You should expect increase, and you should have your kings expecting you to be walking in increase. If you got kings that don't think you should be walking in increase, they're not one of your kings. Amen? They're working against you, not with you. 
And so as we understand this now, for your own, in, in your own time, you can reference Genesis 14, 18, 18 through 20. We see that Abraham brought a tithe unto Melchizedek. This is right after God blessed him to take all those spoils out of Egypt. What did he do? He went and brought his tithe to Melchizedek, who was the priest. Right there. Why? So he can keep that blessing flowing in his life so that he can keep that blessing flowing in his life and he can continue to walk in this increase, honoring the priest and then therefore securing the blessing. Now, the priest will get the vision and bring instruction to the priest. And now that will help the priest prevail, because if the priest is not focusing on hearing from God, then the kings will be defeated. If the priest is not getting the vision from God and releasing it into the lives of the kings, then the kings will be defeated. Amen. Now go over here to Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles. I want to show you something. Second Chronicles chapter 20. And I want you to see this. God will use the priest. He speaks timing and direction to the priest. So he'll speak into the life of the priest. And now the priest gets the vision. He gets the plan. He gets the timing and direction. Now he can go ahead and give that to the kings. And what is he doing? He's saying, here is how you're going to win. This is what you have to do. The, the priest will hear stuff that you can't hear yet. Otherwise, listen, church, we don't have to. If, if, if it wasn't for this, we wouldn't need church. You wouldn't need to go hear from a man of God to speak into your life. You wouldn't need that. You could just go off, pray on a mountain, Give with God and just live a happy life. Why do you think God has church in place? Have you been there in your life where you wasn't going to church and you didn't feel as good as when you started going to church? Have you been there in your life where you were dealing with bondage, yokes of bondage, had gotten a hold of you, then you got in church and learned the truth and stepped into your deliverance? Come on, somebody. You didn't just wake up one day and get it yourself. You came to church and heard the truth and as a result of that, you started walking in freedom. You started walking in victory. You started learning to turn right or to turn left. How'd you learn that? Because you came and submitted to the order of God. That is why this is in place. So that we can all live a victorious life. God will have you placed in the body of Christ where he wants you to be. But so that you can hear and receive. So you get this timing and this direction. So that you'll know what to do and when to do it. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, powerful things taking place here. But I want you to understand something uh, regarding King Jehoshaphat. Now he understood the power of the priest. And and he was a, a, a mighty king, but he understood. I gotta listen to the priest. And so what does this mean? The kings have to also trust the priest. Amen? You can get some instruction 
but you can do it or not. It's going to be on you. The priest could bring forth instruction and say, this is what you should do according to the Lord. You could say, that's a good idea, but I'm going to do something else. It didn't work like that in these biblical times I'm speaking of because the kings knew their victory was in the hands of the priest. If they didn't listen to the priest, they were doomed. They would be defeated. Amen? Why? Because the priest was the one going to God and getting the vision. And as a result, they would be able to walk in victory. A lot of people got problems going on in their lives, and you just got to listen. Listen to the instruction that comes from the priest into your life, and now obey it so that things can get better for you. Amen? So that things can get better in your life. In this particular uh, context of Scripture, God is moving and, and he's getting ready to prepare them for the victory. Now go up to uh, verse 14, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 14. Now I want you to, I'm just going to read this here so we can get the revelation that God has. Then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jael, the son of Matthiah, a Levite. What's a Levite? Levite is a priest of the sons of Ashphah came the spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. Now, where did the spirit of the Lord come to? But who did it come to? Okay, the spirit of the Lord came to the priest, right? The spirit of the Lord came to the priest in the midst of the congregation, but he came to the priest in verse 15 and said, now they're, they're getting ready for a great battle. There's something going on and they're like, as a matter of fact, they're afraid. Jehoshaphat is starting to get nervous about this big battle that they have to go through. And now we see what, what happens here. He says, and he said, hearken ye all of Judah and all ye inhabitants of Jerusalem and the king Jehosh- and, and thou king Jehoshaphat. Thus saith the Lord unto you, be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude for the battle is not yours, but God's. This is the word of encouragement that the priest spoke into the lives of the kings. He spoke into the kings and said, don't be afraid. Don't worry about it. We can accomplish great things if we just pay attention to what God is doing. He says, tomorrow go ye down against them. That's instruction. Now he went, the king Jehoshaphat went from being afraid to receiving instruction. The priest told him what to do. Go down against them behold they come up by the cliff of zig and you shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness this is revelation god gave the priest revelation he told them even which way the enemy was coming up but he gave instruction to the king go down this way now remember the king was what afraid but he needed a priest to speak into his life so he can go forth and accomplish this victory And then he says here, verse 17, you shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. Now he was afraid, right? But then now the priest says, you're going to go out there, but you're not even going to have to fight. What? Now, you know, Jehoshaphat had to trust the priest because 
If he didn't trust them, he would have said, oh, thanks for telling me where they are. But let's get armed up and let's go get them. He would have operated in his own intellect, his own knowledge, and not following the plan and the instruction of God. And Jehoshaphat, verse 18, look what Jehoshaphat did. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Now skip down to verse 20. Just in the last part, he says, the last part of this verse, he says, Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. You see that? Now look at this next part. Believe his prophets, so shall you what? So you got to believe in the Lord to be established, but you got to believe his prophets, his men of God, the one, the priest that sent to release this word. Believe him and so shall you prosper. So shall you prosper. And just to close this sermon today, you can read the rest of this in your own time. He did exactly what God told him. In fact, they sent singers before them as instructed by the priest. They sent singers before them. They went into this battle worshiping the Lord. They didn't go in there prepared to fight. They went in there obeying the instruction of God. And they went in, he sent the singers in worshiping the Lord. And as a result, God moved in this situation and the king, they didn't have to kill anybody. They looked around. Everybody was dead. This battle that came against him, all the people were dead. And what did the king do in closing this message? He got, come on somebody, y'all, oh goodness. He picked up the spoils. He went in there and saw all the gold, all the silver, all these great things. He picked up the spoil from this battle, walked in his anointing as a king, picked up the spoils and brought them on in. Amen. Brought them on in. And he says that they, in, in, in verse 28, they came back to the house of God. Now look at that. A battle, a situation that was almost something that they, they couldn't even fathom themselves winning. But because they listened to the priest, the priest spoke into their lives. And now what did they do? They went into a battle, didn't have to fight nobody. They went up in there and got to singing. And then went and picked up stuff off of dead bodies. Let me get all that gold, all that. I'm, I'm going to bring all this back. Sweatless victories, amen. This is what God has in store for the body of Christ. If we would heed to his order and obey his instruction. Go ahead and give the Lord a hand clap this morning, amen. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God.